from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is the good atheist. Welcome to the GoodAtheist.net podcast. My name is Jacob Forte. And I'm Ryan Harkness. Now, today on the show, we're going to have a kind of relaxed, atmosphere-like show. This is the bonus show, and uh, that's that's the whole thing of the whole, the atmosphere. Be, like, more relaxed. Less of a need to put on, like, the big production value. Sure. Well, I've always kind of felt that since we've moved over to a notes-based show, it's been a little bit stiff. Okay, it has been stiff, I'll admit, but uh, what I, I what I like about it is the way that not only can people who you know listen to the show, but when they go back and they find the notes and they explore more, I think there's just so much more for them to enjoy. And in fact, I got a little preview of how many people actually use the notes when I accidentally linked the Google Docs portion in one of the articles that I put up advertising the show. So I kept seeing, like, this person wants to share... At first I thought, oh my god, am I being hacked or something like that? Is this it? Is it all over for me? Did somebody just hack my webs? <laughs> but uh, no, I found out that I had put a link inside the note section where I, because I created on an online document, so I, that's what I linked. And, and then I just saw how many people were actually using it. And it's very encouraging. I think it's just going to be the future of, of, of how podcasting is. So as is natural, I allow the future to obscure the present. <laughs> and ergo, maybe lose some of the spontaneity maybe that there was before in the old shows. But I will say this, though. When you do listen to the shows with more structures, less tangity. And I think that they're more inviting for people who are newcomers. So this is why I think the bonus show doesn't need that. If if you're a newcomer and this is the first show, like, why is this the first show that you listen to? How is it even possible? It doesn't even make any sense. You would have had to pay me money to listen to the very first show. You're crazy if that's if, if this is your first show. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. You're nuts. You should be locked up in an institution. Uh, today on the show, we're going to just be talking just essentially about uh, the Arab Spring, you know, as it's become winter. <laughs> We look at the leaves as they fall and uh, and try to make some sense out of it. Make our normal retarded predictions, but have a conversation about it. And I'm also going to just give you an update for those few of you that have, uh, I don't know if you were paying attention to what I had done before with the CFI thing, but I've come to a very interesting realization that moves well outside of a small organization in Canada and some of their squabbles. So we're going to be talking about that as well. But first... The the subject of conversation, uh, but you know, before we begin, there is one thing that I do want to mention. I have been zoned out of the atheist world for for just the past week. I got to say, I have been cooped up in a tiny little room, and I've essentially just been drawing my ass off. That's what I've been doing, distracted as usual. But these drawing stints tend to be quite rare. How long do they normally last? No more than a week or two. Well, what was the? Uh the Alexander one, how long that last? Um, good question. Well, you know why I quit the Alexander one? It wasn't even so much that I hated drawing, is that when I started doing the actual work of figuring out how many people I need to draw, even before I could start writing on the story, I realized it was just too gargantuan, and I had to shelve it. I'm like, this is not doable. This is not doable. Absolutely not doable. And uh, what can I say? I'm, I feel like when you do something like historical fiction, you're actually limited by history. How much you, how much of it you want to convey, and how 
accurate you want to make it. My problem is always like I have this inkling to want to make things not just perfect, but you know, fit in all of these different angles. So you end up writing yourself in this nightmarish world where you're like, have I planned for this? Have I compensated for that? It's just horrible. You're trying to write with the end in mind. It's a daunting task when you have to figure out how much history you have to learn in order to make that happen, how familiar you have to be. I mean, I was reading like two or three uh, autobiographies of Alexander before I got burned out, man. And then, by then you're just like, when you borrow too much from material, I think it's, it, it, it's an exhausting process trying to do it, man trying to do it so uh yeah i shelved that one hmm. but regardless i'm sure this this one will have a, a kind of familiar love and then hate relationship but in the interim it's kind of like made me appreciate uh the the environment that i used to create whenever i used to draw you know what i mean like do you ever do something where you try to fall back into old patterns i mean you write music right for instance you ever notice that maybe you create an environment that's just so familiar that it taps into a part of you that's Seems almost intuitive. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I understand what you're saying, but it usually doesn't happen with me, especially with music. I was never fundamentally any good at music. Every little tiny baby step that I took forward was due to hours and hours of painful labor. Uh, it was just through sheer pig-headedness that I was able to, ever able to do anything in there. So it definitely doesn't apply to music. Maybe with writing. I mean, so I get you there. Yeah, I, I suppose I think that it's like that for for a lot of people. Like I remember, one of the one of these stages that I was trying to reinvent was essentially listening to old episodes of Spider Man, uh, the cartoon that used to run on Fox in the nineteen nineties, and then drawing because one of the things about listening because you mean obviously your face is on the page, you can't see what's going on, but when you're you when you're watching a quart cartoon, quote unquote. You realize there's so much narration, you don't even need to really watch what's going on. You could be blind, and you could still have a pretty general idea of what the hell's going on, because everyone is explaining everything that's happening all the fucking time. So it's very useful when you uh, want to believe that you're watching something. And plus, I think it, it, it sends me back to that zone, 1994, man, that was back when I was just drawing like eight hours a day, just lost in a white page. People ask me, hey, do you have any memories from childhood? No, man. It was a blank slate of just drawing all the fucking time, man. That's all I ever remember doing. And that's all anyone ever knew about me for a long fucking time. That's that's it. There's like, oh, Jacob? Yeah, he draws. You know how annoying it is when that's sort of like your reputation? It's just he draws. Oh, great. All they know me is for drawing. Maybe that's one of the reasons I rejected it. I don't know. I don't know. Complicated, man. Well, you know, there's that point in every... Uh, hobby where you get to that area where it's like either you have to dive into a world of pain uh, pain yeah. misery suffering digging uh, dragging yourself up embarrassment through. embarrassment yeah, when yeah, you fuck too. something up and then all of a sudden you're like I gotta put like, I gotta post it up even though I hate it you gotta just do it mm. so it, I think it is that painful journey that it makes a person sort of you know go from a love to to uh, to a labor <laughs> but I, ultimately I mean you hope Whenever you start something like that, you're like, well, I don't want to, I, I don't want to plan my failure in advance. I will say this though, the the entire process was, it, it was just, it was nice to kind of take a break from from just the normal rigmarole of what I would say is the activism part of atheism, which is what we're going to be talking about later. But first, there was a subject 
that we were supposed to bring up and we should bring up, and it's something that has piqued your interest, Ryan, because you wanted to make a show about this specifically. And it's the situation in the Middle East, and this is a very complicated issue, and I want to first say that none, no one here is trying to pretend that we understand it all, okay? I, I hope this is clear. I hope no one listening to this show thinks, I'm going to get my latest news from, from, from this area. These are This is all speculation um, well, and, you, and some you, other thoughts. You haven't been keeping up on everything that's been happening in Egypt? Well, uh, I, I, I did uh, some research into the craziness uh, in terms of the police basically allowing citizens to execute a religious minority that they do not like. So religious persecution seems alive and well. And though it's not, say, it doesn't seem it's state-sponsored, it's kind of like the police are there to ensure that the, the, the ones doing most of the beatings don't get hit back. Well, this is the impression that I'm getting so far. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, we're going to talk about Egypt. Egypt and what's been going on in Egypt for the past few months. There was a big election that went on yesterday, or the beginning of an election. My understanding of the election is that it's broken down into three parts, and there's going to be 14 actual elections. It's quite ridiculous, but... Uh, that sounds like an invitation for a clusterfuck. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe maybe breaking it down like... This is this is one of those areas where we can say, I don't know, maybe this is the way that it should be done. And yeah. I mean, there, there's even uh, disagreement over whether or not these elections should be happening now, whether or not they should be put off uh, so that they can get rid of their, basically, what is a military junta in Egypt right now. But there's a lot of atheist aspects to everything that's going on in Egypt right now. There's... Uh, pictures of a naked girl uh, that just came out on Twitter recently that, that seemed to be pushing the country further towards the Islamic end of things. And, and yeah. from that that whole election thing, uh, you've got the Muslim brother, Brotherhood, who, who, while they aren't a, uh, a party, created a new party that is basically going set to sweep into power. So there's some atheist-related situations Let's going on. Let's just say on. you need to pay attention. Well... It's actually here's. We'll start the story by saying that the girl that Ryan was mentioning, uh, her name is Alia Magda Elmandi, uh, and uh, what she did is she's she's essentially a twenty year old activist. So she's very young. In fact, when you look at her, she looks closer to seventeen than she does to twenty. Um, That's and, how it is with everybody, nowadays. right? Whatever. I'm getting older. I suppose everybody's looking younger. So she decides that she wanted to uh, post a picture of herself nude as a kind of protest. And uh, let's just say that Egypt wasn't even close to being there yet. <laughs> being ready for that. Being ready for that shit uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, I talked to Carissa about this, and she had a few uh, points that she wanted to make. Number one is that she was angry at this girl posting this, not because she felt... That it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary to make a statement, but that a twenty-year-old may not be able to make a good distinction between artistic nudity and pornography. Okay, where there is that fine line, that artistic understanding that you just lack when you're saying, "I'm going to put some stockings on, I look like Minnie Mouse, and now I'm going to show you my vag and my tits." Of course, everyone's going to fucking freak out. Look, it was a picture with a, even, just the smallest amount of sexuality to it, other than stockings. No, it, it's not that it, it... Okay, look, it, it it may not look sexual to you, because maybe, in a sense, you recognize... You, you're seeing it from the point of view of activism, right? But you got to understand that that's not going to be the point of view of everybody who looks at it. 
Uh, and and there's really it's hard for me to defend this nudity just because it is so awful. It it, it really looks like backdoor crappy porn. Okay, it's there's where's the art in the shot? It's just basically I'm gonna stand there inelegantly and take a photo of me. I almost felt like it's one of those photos where you're you're trying to buy a bride online. Do you know what I mean? That's what it looked like. Looked like a fucking Russian bride photo. And so you're saying that the photo is just so seedy that they should have expected this this backlash? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that sh- sh- this girl should expect that. Like, I I don't agree with Carissa, but for for the most part, saying like, look, you're 20 years old, you're trying to make a fucking statement. Hindsight's 2020. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Who well, does I, I, at 20? I, Nobody does. I think the statement that was made, uh, not just by the by the releasing of the picture, but by the reaction in Egypt was the fact that Egypt uh, can't handle women. <laughs> no, it's still in a position o- where Outside of no. putting a blanket on top of them, they can't handle but women. But it's, it's not just women. I've, I've heard some other criticisms saying that this girl has essentially stoked the fire and, and could very well have tipped the the voting uh, on the side of the fundamentalists Look, uh, in, in, in response to this image because the liberal side has even distanced themselves from her. Everyone has distanced themselves from her because... Because in Egypt, even as left-wing as you get, yeah, they're not ready for that. They're not not ready for uh, an Egyptian woman posting a picture of herself naked up on the internet. They can't handle that. It's too fucking crazy, and it might just push Egypt into the hands of the Islamicists. Oh, no. Here's the thing, though. Shame on her. And I I want to understand why it's actually... and, And here's the final reason why it's not her fault. And uh, and really, that's not how I want to paint it because you look at Libya, which is having a kind of similar issue. Uh, when all of a sudden there is this movie called Persopolis, which is on Netflix, and I highly fucking recommend you watch it. It's of a young Iranian girl who escapes essentially the Iranian Revolution. There is a scene in that movie in which she talks to God, and God, who looks essentially like a Santa Claus with a robe. And, uh, you know, because she's having a conversation with God saying, like, how can you let this happen? You know, my uncle's disappeared. or You know, all the crazy fucked up shit that happened in Iran during that time, whenever you have one of these fucking purges. The truth, you know, spoken for fucking honestly from the mouth of a woman. Okay, well, they show that movie over there uh, on one of the broadcast stations, and everybody goes nuts because they're like, there's a depiction of God in this. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, these liberal people, they're trying to change our society. Rah, we must fight back against it. Any excuse, honestly, because it's not even clear if anybody actually watched this movie. This is how, this is how buttfuck nowhere this TV station was. But it's all that was required to stoke a fire that's essentially just a giant pool of gasoline on it with a bunch of matches all over the place waiting for some fucking moron to light it. That's all it takes. It doesn't take much. And that's the whole issue. This is the other reason why I don't blame her. Even if the fucking piece had been so fucking well artistically done, even it had been done, even if it had been sort of ten times less hardcore, it wouldn't have mattered. It would not have mattered. They would have just found something else. The tide, if you want. Like, the real movement is with this whole Arab Spring being like, well, what happened when you topple uh, over governments? Well, let's just say this. The fundamentalists who are extremely organized... Uh, and have an agenda. Have a clear fucking agenda that they will get organized. You know, as opposed to everybody else who's like Occupy Washington. Lots of fucking, hey, we want freedom. And then nobody to there to actually just make it happen. Yeah. Well, again, it's uh, it, it's it, the whole idea that this chick was going to change the outcome of the election. Basically, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood is going to be taken over. They've got a party that... Uh, 
it's basically called the Freedom and Justi- Justice Party. They oh the my Muslim- god, uh, it's like they learned from the Americans. Freedom and Justice, <laughs> Freedom and Justice. Do you you don't even know what those words mean? It's the Ministry of Truth for fuck's sakes. And they're they're they were going to win regardless. They're they're set to go in and take take power. And it's obviously got a lot of people feeling very nervous about it. And granted, the big brouhaha, the brouhaha over this woman's photos might cause give them more license to push an agenda that involves basically keeping women down and making sure that women follow proper Muslim uh, decorum and everything else like that. That's a little bit scary. But, you know, we have to wait and see what this government's going to be all about. They've promised that, you know, number one on their list of things is they want to establish, you know, everybody feeling like they've got freedom and liberty. And number two, they're going to work on the economy and jobs. If they stick to that, it doesn't really matter if it's a, if it's a secular group or if it's a religious group or if it's, if it's the Muslims or the Shias or whoever else. The Salafis. Whatever whatever faction it is, if they're just going to concentrate on that, that's fine. But yeah, it's a little bit worrisome when stuff like this happens and all of a sudden you get this idea that these guys are going to be just like American politicians who are doing nothing about the economy, doing nothing about jobs. And and talking about what? The the issues to distract you from all of these fucking issues. In God we trust on the dollar bill. Reiterating that motto. Reiterating it, or state after state passing abortion legislation where they, it's you can't even get it, you know, it's like inaccessible. You've 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 essentially made it impossible. I imagine we must have some listeners who kind of feel like every single time you read something about a about a Middle Eastern country falling quote unquote back into the control of the Muslims, and you start freaking out about that, uh, you got to relax a little bit. Yeah, I feel like we're stoking the fires here. We, we, if every time, if every time one of those countries elects a Muslim party, you're gonna freak out. You've got this all wrong because guess what? The people there are Muslim, and the people are gonna vote Muslim, and you got to accept it. And to a certain degree, based on all of this news that we're getting from everything, sometimes you just kind of feel like you gotta step outside of the Middle East and go, look, these guys are kind of far behind us. <laughs> where we are with some of our opinions here. We just got to let them fucking figure it out for themselves. Yeah, well, we're not there yet. And I, I would say, like, look, if, if you want me to get all uh, inspirational, maybe maybe I can twist this around and make it seem less like a person should take their car and just drive it off the side of a highway at the thought of uh, what we're talking about. Here's Here's some good news. You know, a person asks me, why is it you do what you do? What's the whole point of speaking about atheism or all of those other things? Is because I think that this is a panaka for the world, which is currently going through some lots of crazy insanity due to stupid ideas about reality, due to horrible isms. We're we're still in that phase, you know, back back when uh, the Second World War happened, where it's a, it's a fight of essentially. Uh, empires, the dying throngs of empires. I worry about the dying throngs of those kinds of isms, of the of the religious divide that we create. That's just, it's just stupid. It's foolish. It's nothing. It's just imaginary. It's the Dungeons and Dragons people wanting to kill the RuneScape people. Like you know what I mean? It's this ridiculous. It's this ridiculous when you have when you have this one guy who's the head of the of of this international group of exorcists who declares that Harry Potter and yoga is satanic you're like dude you're Dungeons and Dragons calling RuneScape satanic that's what you are you're nonsense you're the chief of nonsense 
calling other nonsense your type of nonsense. Like, it's just, I'm losing track here, right? We need to have a solvent for this insanity. And once you start really polishing through the just kind of crap arguments that people use, you know, you challenge a person's assumptions enough that they realize that their own their own ideas are not consistent with reality. They're just not. My, my key concern is that lazy, corrupt thinking just leads to more lazy, corrupt thinking. And the last thing these countries need is uh, lazy, corrupt people in power. Oh, I mean, the, the Middle East is a real problem with people in power is just beggaring these beggaring nations that should have a good, solid financial, fundamental, f fundamental financial system in place. And instead of doing stuff like helping the people of their country, they just take all of the money. <laughs> take all the money, have the most insane, corrupt parties you've ever heard in your life. I don't even think most of, you know, like the, the stuff they say the West does all the time, how do you think they know? It's their own parties, their own imagination, man. <laughs> Run a wild. Holy fucking moly. And you know that whole problem there, whenever a, a group decides that something is sinful, there's a, there's a flip side to it where it becomes really fucking hot and desirable. You know, you ever notice that people do that? They're, they're, they're like fetishists. They, they, they create something that they can covet or, or fear, and it's just not a thing. It's, just, it's a figment of their imagination. Well, look, if you, uh, if you go down into the ghetto... And you, get and, you, and you find yourself a, 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 self a toothless old oh prostitute. Where, I don't like what this the, is the, the, That's a sin and it feels sinful. But when you're a rich chic and you're in another country with seven $10,000 escorts... They don't look miserable <laughs> or have acid thrown in their face. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I bet you that seems like a good time. <laughs> the high-profile version of it is definitely uh, a, a lot less... Uh, depressing, let's just say. Mm -hmm. Let's say post-coitally when you just, you're just like, wow, that just happened. Hey, there's just a right and a wrong way to do sins, man. And these, the, you know, a lot of these leaders. Using oil monies. Woo! Oil money! And you know, in, in a weird sense, we contribute to that. You know, people listen to us in their car. Maybe they've planned longer Dude, trips you, in order to listen to us. We've fed... There, uh, there's uh, no way to get away from the fact that we're <laughs> using... Like, we as individuals, every single one of us uses oil all, all the time and all sorts of different products. You can't do anything really about it. Even once we get off of it for combustion... Oh, you'll still be on it. It's, it's just like cocaine. We are so addicted to it. It's ridiculous. We're running high on it. And, and then all of a sudden, we're going to be surprised when we're impotent as shit. That's what happens when you ride high on cocaine. Yeah. You have this feeling of invincibility, but uh, really your body is destroying itself. Mm. So, One positive thing about the Muslim Brotherhood basically taking over is at the very least, maybe, just maybe, they will get rid of the military hang-ons from the Mubarak uh, administration. That would be nice. The, the entire political, because that's the crazy thing about, this is why, if you've been reading about Egypt having basically a second mini revolution is because they had the first one to get rid of Mubarak and now the military's in power and guess who put who put everybody into the military guess guess uh, who gave all of those commanders uh the power Mubarak so basically you've cut the head off this thing but it turns out that the entire thing drug. is yeah the yeah, whole thing drug. is made of shit so they were kind of protesting over the idea that they didn't want the, the military in power while this election was going on at all. So it was getting pretty contentious. Like 40, pe 40 people died over, over the there. weekend. 
getting crushed by uh, well that that was that was earlier Lord. that was back in August what happened this past weekend was worse than anything else that happened that thing that I had sent you about uh, Coptics getting run over by uh, military ATVs you know the that video was, from... was gone I couldn't see it there was like some kind of error I couldn't I, watch the video I saw some but it was fucking crazy giant it was like watching something out of Grand Theft Auto oh man ATVs literally like swerving to try and run over as many people as they can and here's here's the thing about Egypt is that when stuff like that can happen and, and people aren't immediately held accountable when people are still being taken off the streets raped tortured there were some Americans that were in Egypt uh, just recently who got taken in by the police and uh, they were basically forced to lie face down on the ground and told if they move they get shot threatened w with drinking gas uh, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, all sorts of other fun things. Yeah, sounds like a real fun place. You and, think and, I should go and check out? Uh, you know, this is a good time to go visit as a tourist. Woo! And, and you and you think uh, these are Americans? So what are they doing to their own people that they don't have to kind of give these people back? Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the stories don't have to go out. So there's there's a real problem in Egypt right now where it's just uh, across the board corrupt as hell. People still being tortured, and until you can convince the people that you're not going to kidnap their loved ones and torture slash murder them, uh, democracy seems like a pretty bullshit concept when that kind of thing is still happening. When the people in charge of your country and in charge of of protecting you from what's from that kind of thing are the ones that are actually enabling it. Uh, making the fires of religious intolerance stoking them up oh my goodness yeah like essentially it's a tiny tiny sect of christianity that right now is is essentially trying to protest the fact that one of their churches was burnt down the fact that they can't open their own churches and they're like this isn't right Okay, we'll send in the, uh, well, not the tanks, but whatever those fucking, the, the equivalent of tanks are. And let's just make sure that when the police are there, um, or they can watch as the citizenry just take brutal revenge. And then just be like, catch this Christian dog. That's a good sign. Yeah, because you know they love dogs over there. Love them. Mm. It's always a good sign when you're dehumanizing someone. You're like, beat him. It's nothing. It is a lower life form. Kill it. Good God. So things are getting kind of chaotic over there. It's a little bit nerve wracking. Hopefully after, hopefully democracy will prevail. Everything will be better. You know what? It's not, I don't even want to use the word democracy. It's just kind of like we're, we're at a stage where we just recognize that you just don't do that shit no more. What, what the fuck? What the fuck, man? You you think I guess that you a have a right to live more than that fucking guy that you just killed? No, you don't. We we've kind of all agreed that that's uh, that's basically it. And especially when it's just for retarded differences in your little mini cults. Like we don't want to accept that as a society anymore. That's not democracy. That's just that, that that's kind of the new morality, mm -hmm. right? That's the kind of morality that we said this is what we we will we'll strive for. This seems like uh, the the right thing. This seems like the right choice. Every other choice sounds sounds more violent. Yeah, stability is always better than chaos. Although there's a lot of money to be made off chaos, and if you're not getting anything done while society is stable, maybe you ought to make it a bit chaotic and stir the pot up so you can maybe get some of your uh, ends achieved. That's kind of the way people look at it. Yeah, I suppose. I don't want to be so... 
Again, we're depressy here. We're leaving everybody feeling like a bummer. This hey, is look, show my, 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 my topic was is basically the Middle East, and that's a bummer, man. Yeah, you're how it is. A lot of this, a lot of atheism topics are kind of bummers because it's usually, hey, look at the stupid things these religious people are doing to everybody, shooting everybody in the foot, fucking everything up. Oh man. Well, can we talk about something cheery? Sure. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, as some of you may have recalled, last episode I had mentioned the fact that uh, one of the organizations, secular organizations in Canada, uh, Center for Inquiry, was having some problems. I didn't know, I wasn't 100% on what was going on. In fact, I'll tell you the truth, I still don't know. All I know is that since the, the aftermath of having recorded the podcast and put up the articles is that the former director is, uh, the, the, is gone. The, or actually the new director is gone, excuse me, and a couple of the people left from the board. The board's supposed to review uh, December 11th, come back, and have like a whole new strategy, and, and I guess figure out what the fuck they're going to do. And you know, the whole process, the whole time I was doing this, I had, I, I kind of had a vision in mind. It was my attempt to say, okay, should I pick a side? Should I try to see what what's happening? Clearly, there was some there was something going on. People were giving me some indication that something wasn't right, and I was just asking people to become more transparent, to have the whole process be transparent. Mm-hmm. I mean, realizing that it, you know, say like a uh, a secular organization like CFI that has a board members that are basically elected by other board members. I'm like, you know what? I think that a secular organization should function uh, where the members are the ones who choose their board members. I don't like this whole board members bringing on board members. It sounds like fucking crony city, especially when there's absolutely no need to be transparent about your process. So when I saw that, I'm like, I, I just see a lot of problems. And, and, I, and I can't imagine how through the board this must be. I mean, maybe they have a reason why they're like this. Maybe if you have the other way around, it's just as much of a clusterfuck, which brings me back to the whole thing of why I started this. I'm like, do I want to get involved in essentially clusterfucks? This is my fucking question. And I guess the answer from the, that I have in all this is I don't really want to take too much of an activist role with good atheists. Because I don't think that's what we really do. You know? We provide entertainment. It's really what we have been at the end of the day. Entertainment. Sure, once in a while we can claim, we made a person think. Usually it's it, it could be something like this person, you know, Jacob, is wrong. Whatever. <laughs> At least he hadn't thought. And that's important. But the point is, you know, I want to move more towards entertainment because look at our look at our counterparts, the ones that are claiming to, to want to try to take over culture. What are they doing? Well, they're not just having discussions going around saying like, hey, we believe. No, they're, they're trying to make an in, their impact on culture themselves. You know, they're trying to create their own iconic images like Bible man and, you know, all, all that other Christian garbage that you see all around. But you know what? It's like that's what people crave. And, and I'm like, why can't we do something a bit more like that? we got to entertain people for fuck's sakes. We, you know, going around asking uh, atheists for money doesn't work. They will pay for stuff, though, stuff they like. They'll pay money. So... I think the I think the key is just trying to give you guys more stuff that you like and less activism on my part, much less activism. Like I don't want to go there that route. I think it's just going to take up too much of my time and be too frustrating. And honestly, I don't think it's necessary. You know, it's, well, it's uh, I, have we ever well, ta- have us. we ever talked about uh, awareness charities? Have we ever talked? Have I ever talked shit oh, about yeah, those? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Does. It's like to me, I, I don't want to diss the CFI because I think what they do is pretty cool and. 
It is unnecessary. Unnecessary. But when you boil it down, it's atheists trying to get atheists together and trying to get money out of atheists to get atheists to get together to make more money so that you can spend it to get more atheists. Yeah, I just together. don't want to be in the merry-go-round anymore. It just seems like it's a big giant circle and there's nothing really exciting going on. Uh, you know, I've been trying to think about what are some of the new directions I want to take because honestly, it's like I look and read most of the articles and they have kind of like that whole activist type of angle. It's not necessarily that entertaining and I kind of want to make the site a lot more entertaining, like a lot, a, a kind of a place where the curious minded can still pick up all of their news and stuff like that. But you're still just, you know, you're there essentially to have some fucking fun. You know, like my my idea of what Good Atheist is is uh, hopefully eventually going to be, you know, a media company that does stuff to entertain atheists, whether that's podcasts or, you know, in the future, maybe TV shows or whatever, whatever we can fucking produce if we have the ability and I have the fucking focus, whatever that is. But yeah, like essentially the, the experience in all taught me that it's just I have a lot more fun when I'm producing things that I think you guys would just love, you know, every... When when I when I labor over something, I'm thinking about man. I hope everybody's gonna flip out about this. They're gonna go crazy for it. That's what I like, and that's what I want to try to do way more of. And I guess that's 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 the activist lesson. That's what I learned. My tiny lesson as I shielded myself away and I gave gave it lots of thought. <laughs> it wasn't something I decided overnight, but I wanted to sort of f- feel it out. You know, anytime you have a new experience, you have to. You have to kind of let it wash over you. There's some things about any experience that you're not going to like, but some parts of it you might. And no, I think all around, I just found it uh, wasn't my bag. was my bag. It's not what I do best. I think what I do best is try to make people uh, laugh. Well, it probably wouldn't be a good fit for you anyways. If Justin Trottier got kicked out, you'd get kicked out pretty quick too. I would. I would. Because I don't think I'm a nice guy. (laughs) The funny thing is most of the leaders sound like they deserve to be kicked out. (laughs) So out of everything and everybody that went down in flames, I look at it all and I kind of (laughs) go, yeah, I see why. (laughs) You shine a a bright light on anything and it can... You know, oh, if you take it close, that's that's why I always hate this. Is this is what, and you've been guilty of this before, where where you say, oh, I really like, uh, what what was the name of that chick from Strange Days and uh, Natural Born Killer, Juliet Lewis, Juliet Lewis, yeah, but she's a Scientologist, exactly. Yeah. So I hate that shit. You hate the fact that I hate I, that she's a Scientologist. Exactly. If yeah. you sh- if you take a look at somebody uh, and you think and you closely enough, you're going to find something that you dislike about them. And <laughs> I just it, it bugs me. This kind of Scientology stuff. bugs me. That's what bugs me. It bugs me. It's awful. It's just it's thought poison. It's like, <laughs> why don't you respect this person that pretends in front of a camera? I'm like, look, I'll watch her in a movie. I don't want to hang out with this person. What, what are we going to talk about, huh? No, Zenu? From, 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 Zenu's coming? From every single, uh, on every single level, yeah. you find out about Julia Lewis. She seems like a pretty cool individual, except for the fact that she's a Scientologist. But what's Th- the first that, thing? That alone enrages me. It, it, it's difficult for, for me not to. I mean, th- I, I, I know so much about this stupid fucking cult. It bugs me. So much of it bugs me. Mm-hmm. I guess it is, I recall that. You know, like... L. Ron Hubbard's weird cabal of fucking super young chicks in Navy outfits that used mm-hmm. to, you know, be essentially his weird army. Like, 
But you can't read any of that stuff and to, just not think you are crazy. I, I, I can't talk to you. To bring it back to the CFI thing, I was reading an article about it where someone was saying, oh, Justin Trottier, you know, this is the standard thing. Uh, he can be a little bit of a dick. Sure. Uh, and then there was the uh, there was someone else who said, it. plus he's very much into the men's right movement, which I don't disagree with, which, which I don't agree with at all. And therefore, I am really not comfortable with him leading the organization. I'm like, man. We, we as atheists have a lot of strong beliefs about a lot of varied topics, and we're very willing to just write somebody off because there's one aspect of their personality that we find odious. And uh, I think this is a problem that we have, you know, when it comes to saying atheists are intolerant. Well, we kind of are yeah, in that way. Absolutely. We are. We're, and maybe, we're a bunch of cantankerous pieces of shit that are overly judgmental. And can't, can't agree, and can't agree on doing anything. And so in that way, you know, what happened with CFI recently in Canada uh, is a, actually really represents atheists well, I think. <laughs> well, maybe uh, this is why I think that we should move more towards this area of, of trying to provide entertainment or, or something else of value for the atheist community other than what we've been trying to generate now. Because I think that the market really does exist. I think people would spend the fucking money on some cool shit. And it doesn't have to just be, uh, you know, conferences or any of that other unimaginative shit. Let's, let's be creative here, huh? I feel like we're still doing what was popular four years ago when it seemed like bold and brand new. Like, I want some other ideas. Yeah, everybody has already seen the Four Horsemen a couple billion times. And a trillion that, times, taking fucking trips with them, and uh, I mean, you can only you can only showcase your, your, your fucking show horses so often. Oh, we need something else. It kind of feels like, you remember in the World Wrestling Entertainment or Federation or whatever it was? <laughs> whatever when, the uh, fuck it is. <laughs> back in the day, you could just trot out Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, but they're starting to age, man. Yeah. You, you need, we need a Steve Austin. I maybe, mean, maybe, maybe you are that Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, listen up, you little punk. I'm going to give you conflicting information just the way that Stone Cold does. <laughs> Oh, I'm talking about Stone Cold Show. What's it called again? So we can what? I can put a note, uh, put a link in the notes. Stone Cold Show where he yells at people oh, all uh, the time. Tough enough. Tough enough. Yeah. If you ever want to see an exercise in uh, essentially bad brainwashing, watch Stone Cold as he yells at people for having too much confidence, not being confident enough, uh, not listening, and not being independent-minded enough. Do you, I think you know where I'm going with this. Oh, it was not listening and then not sticking up for yourself. Was, Why don't you have any courage, you little coward? <laughs> Shut your face! <laughs> it actually, it's 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 on par. You'll you'll it's on par with another show that you can watch if you want to see some bad brainwashing. Uh, Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares, which is another show where someone oh, basically God, I love that show. berates and praises somebody to the point where they have mental breakdowns and then just really cling to. To Ramsey, like they're uh, like they're members of the Manson cult, ready to murder somebody yeah. for him. Ramsey has uh, Ramsey's brilliant in it, and you know one of his tricks is to always say "yeah" at the end of everything. I know Brits do it a lot, but he does it a crazy amount. And if I keep yelling it, it actually has an an an, an impact. I've been testing it with friends every time I go "yeah, I yeah, wouldn't, I wouldn't absolutely, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you wouldn't bank on it, yeah, I, yeah, you know what, yeah? I wouldn't, yeah, exactly. I didn't say I wouldn't bank on it. I said I wouldn't do that. And I no, ma- I'm, not I'm mainly, do it. I'm mainly I'm not saying do it. don't do it because it really annoys people. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm only appreciating 
Gordon Ramsay's power to do it. Mm. You know, I'm not going to misuse his power only because I understand his power. Please. Oh, you just said, you were just saying that you've been testing it out on all your friends. Well, just only because I was curious. I mean, you have to test the power. There will be a few eggshells broken, but eventually you will see the power once it has, you know, exhausted its, uh, you know, it's fun, maybe. <laughs> once it starts being funny. Uh-oh, that could be a problem. No, no, I promise. I'll be good with it. No yes, yeah? Mm. <laughs> okay, you know what? I think we should wrap up the show. I'd like to thank everybody who's a contributing member. Sorry about the lateness for all the bonus shows that we've been doing. Uh, we're going to try to do them more. And like I said before, I mean, the, the shows have a much more relaxed attitude uh, to them. We're essentially just kind of going to give you lots of site updates uh, in the bonus shows themselves as well because... Uh, you know, I'm still not really quite done figuring out how things are going to move. Like I said before, I mean, this w- this past weekend was a big eye-opener, big lesson for me, but it's not as though it changes all the plans. It just actually makes some of them a little bit more exciting. Um, maybe I'll have a few details about that in a couple of days. We'll see. I don't want to make any promises because I usually break them all. <laughs> all right, with that, my name is Jacob Forte. And I'm Ryan Harkness. Have a good atheist day, everybody.